That's rolling. Set your backups. Yeah. Oh, shoot. My backup. Oh, shoot, my backup. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the first you're, time I've gotten to do my backup in a really long amateurs. time. <laughs> if you, uh, if you, if you're, you've already glitched out, so it would be nice if you're running. Yeah. That. Although, Christy's backup, especially, is important. Yeah. But I've, I always <laughs> have it running in the background and I only delete it after the episode's live. Yeah, that's what I do too. I even I just like leave it open. I don't bother like saving it out from the software yeah. until I know that the episode's posted. Yeah. I, oh yeah, because you guys are using um, Audacity. Audacity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it takes a while to export. Yeah. Well, it's just the the files are big, so I if I know I don't actually need to uh, export it and you know yeah. take up a big chunk of space my hard drive, I won't bother. So and so your power goes out, and then I need the file the next day or something like that, and then we're fucked. So no, because then there is. It, it saves it even if it crashes. Yeah, when you yeah. open it back up, it'll like do a restore session kind of thing. Plus, yeah. I've got a I've got a battery backup on my computer too. I'm not a fucking yeah. savage. Okay, I'm, I I know I do, but I don't know what you guys <laughs> fucking heathens do. But like, this is a this is a work machine, so I need to have some redundancy in place. So, yeah, whatever. But I also always forget like Audacity's not as uh, I never think that Audacity's as feature rich as Audition. So I I yeah. don't really know exactly what you guys are. I know it records properly because your files are fine, but I don't actually know what the interface is like that well because I just use my Creative Cloud stuff. So Yeah. Well, that sounds like a sufficiently nerdy preamble for this week. Oh, so yeah. let's uh, get, right, get right into it. Welcome, everybody, to episode 90 of Dance Whoa. Robot Dance. 10, 10 away from 100. We're going to have to start talking about what we're going to do for 100. Yeah, it's but uh yeah welcome back everybody we are doing another one of our weird uh afternoon weekend recording sessions so these always end up being <laughs> a little off kilter and strange so we'll see where it goes i think it's because like none of us are anywhere near as drunk or high as we usually are when we do the podcast so it's yeah. like well i'm, I'm sober dance I'm robot hop- dance yeah i'm hopped up on sudafed so Woo! there's that that's I got, yeah, I got that good, good old, uh, you know, head cloudy from the Sudafed. I'm fighting off a cold. So I, apologies in advance to Mark for having to edit out my sniffles and coughs and shit this week. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's going to be a rush job. You might hear some weird shit this week. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, we've got our usual crew with us here. We got Mark, obviously. What's up, everybody? And Christy. What's up? And myself, Tim, will be hosting this shindig. So yeah, how you guys doing? Surviving. Yeah. <laughs> Usually Chrissy's the one that's like, everything's crazy. This week Mark is like, everything is happening. And I well, it's just like everything's everything's breaking this week. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, why is my toilet leaking? It's not what what did I do? I don't know what I did. Anyway. And, and I hate it when that happens too, where it's like just everything's all at once. It's like, yeah. oh god, I can handle like one of these things at a time, but Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like I'm like uh, I I gotta I gotta deal with this shit slowly but surely and still go to work every day. Yeah, <laughs> sucks. So whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our news then and take a look at uh, some of the stuff's been going on this past week in the nerd kingdom. Let's see what do I have that we could talk about first. Here's one that's weird, and it's one of uh, one of those stories that's like reports say. So I don't know how much clout to give it, but apparently. Stan Lee's stolen blood is being used to sign Marvel comics sold what? in Vegas. Yeah, I saw I saw that on Reddit. I didn't actually read the story though, but I that is there more detail about it? Like what was going on? I mean, it's TMZ to begin with, so who oh. the fuck knows? Yeah. But apparently there was a former business associate that forged medical documents that instructed Lee's personal nurse to like 
get some blood from him. And then that person was like uh, using it, using that blood to stamp Lee's his signature. So like, you know, a stamp of his signature in his blood onto, you know, some like, like looks like the mighty Thor number 700 and uh black Panther number one and stuff like that. So what the fuck is that? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know how fucking legit this is because TMZ and TMZ is like full of horse shit. Yeah. I saw the headline on Reddit and I saw the TMZ thing and was like, mm, I don't want to read that right now. Yeah, and I That's guess fun. they're being sold at uh, the Marvel Avengers Station, which is uh, an exhibit in the Treasure Island Resort in Vegas, right on the Strip. There, I don't know. Okay, that's fucking weird. <laughs> that's- yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, but let's see what else. That's weird. Yeah, I don't it's fucking also know. Twisted. Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time because, uh, sort of legendarily, although this was consensual, Kiss put their blood into the ink for yeah. the first episode or the first issue of their kiss comic book back in like the seventies or something like that, which I think was also a Marvel comic. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that was a Marvel book too. So yeah. yeah. So I guess Marvel just likes to practice blood magic. It seems. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Uh, not a series that I have read, but I've heard lots of good things about why the last man is getting a pilot. Yeah! Uh, FX is working on a pilot for it right now. So FX also being where Legion uh, is, and Legion also premiered this past week. I haven't watched it yet, but it seems like a good, I mean, sort of a a series that would do well with a similar vibe to Legion. So I I think that that could be really cool. And it's one of those series that uh, just constantly gets listed on like, you know, best of this decade comic book stories and graphic novels and stuff. So yeah yeah it's a pretty sweet series i really enjoyed most like i haven't finished it yet but i really enjoyed what i read yeah, yeah it's uh it's a good book i like it a lot uh it's another another brian cave book who we seem brian to Kavon, yeah. be be all up the ass of all the time i do like brian cave a lot actually i don't i don't like follow him like as religiously as some other people when stuff pops up i definitely read it i'm in the middle of saga i just I come in like I'm I'm horrible with comics, right? Like I'll read like six issues and then fucking forget about it for a year and a half and then come back mm-hmm. or whatever. But so I mean I don't even know I where I am. Too. Like in the middle mid twenties, maybe thirties somewhere with saga. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, I like Brian K. Vaughn stuff. And why the last man was one of my first like it was when I really started getting into like that. <sighs> that did not God damn it, Tim. Christ. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. That one stays. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I definitely tried to hit mute. That, that's standing. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Let's just move on. I'm done. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm about Brian came on, and 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 how you yeah, read like three. So hard to be so like nice. So yeah. you tried so hard to be gracious. <laughs> Body's rebelling against <laughs> me. Apparently. Oh, that was amazing. All right, let's uh, let's let's keep moving so we, you don't die before the end of the episode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as long as I can get this together edited, I'm fine. For That's our so uh, for our weekly Black Panther story, since it seems we have a story on this movie every week, Black Panther will be the first movie released in Saudi Arabia in 35 years. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. I mean, yes. And so the the government shut down all public movie theaters in like the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of weird cultural stuff like that in uh, in Saudi Arabia. There's a new king or prince in power. Prince, I, I think. think. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I saw he was like the Rock tweeting or Instagramming at him. Also, like I guess he, he met the he met the Prince of Saudi Arabia. So I was like, huh, that yeah, seems uh, really weird. Like, why would like of all people, why is the Rock meeting the Prince of Saudi Arabia? But I guess he's like trying to move well, the country forward a little bit like reform why, why is, i don't know yeah. exactly the details so. why is dennis rodman fucking hanging out with kim jong-un or whatever so. what? that one that <laughs> one's just weird that was always just a weird thing but um but you yeah, know it's not you never you don't remember back in the like this is probably like a year ago or was it a two years, years ago now? yeah yeah um we're the only like north american who could ever get in and out of south korea was dennis Ro- or north korea sorry was uh dennis rodman like the the bulls like former NBA champion. Oh yeah, they made fun of that in the um, interview. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Kim Kim Jong Un, like for whatever reason, just really loves Dennis Rodman, and so ben invited him to. Yeah, there's a story about him having like a big boner for those like '90s Bulls teams or something like that. Like yeah. he's just a huge fan of bat. Like he's a big basketball fan, and that was like the last real dynasty in his heart, which completely ignores the Lakers, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he's like obsessed with that team, especially the second three P team, which is like Jordan Pippen and Rodman were the kind of the big three of that group. And mm. he's obsessed with them. And Rodman's so fucking weird. I guess he was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'll go and talk to Kim, Kim Jong-un or whatever. Cause yeah. why not? He went over there and talked to the dictator leader of North Korea, just hung out for a couple of days or some shit. It was really weird. It was a yeah. really weird, and then he came back and like was, politics. And yeah, well, yeah, he came really back weird. and then was doing like the the talk show circuit and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I think he had an appearance on uh, on Colbert, and I was it was just really fucking weird interview with Colbert too. Because yeah. I mean yeah, Rodman absolutely. is just like fucking like drugged out constantly and yeah mm. fuck like if I had that much fuck you money I probably wouldn't be much better to be <laughs> like completely honest. He made so much money with like between endorsements and winning the championship like three years in a row like. That's like he must just have money coming out of his Yahoo and yeah. his family will for fucking generations. Probably like he probably be like millions and millions of dollars playing basketball. So yeah, good on him. But yeah, no, this for this Black Panther Saudi Arabia thing, it's uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has like been doing this concerted effort to increase access to entertainment for the citizens. So I don't know. It's uh, it's it's, yeah, it's a weird fucking story, but let's see. Here's a, a pretty big one that's uh, somewhat related to our uh, meat of the episode. Have you guys seen the story about uh, Steven Spielberg talking about the future of Indiana Jones? Oh, the the woman thing. Yeah, I guess it's. I mean, it seems like it was kind of nebulous and ambiguous, but he sort of hinted that Indiana Jones could be a woman in future films. Oh, cool. Well, two. Two things. First, it sounded like he was joking, like he was kind of being sarcastic because the the interview, I think, actually was like pointedly asking him, like, what kind of weird stuff would you do? And so that was kind of him. I kind of felt like he was kind of dismissively saying that just to kind of like, yeah, this is what we could do. Stop asking me stupid fucking questions. Also, we already have Tomb Raider. Do we need another one? Uh, Like, Even if it is like Indiana Jones branded, it's basically the same thing. It's not, though. not you could say the same thing about superheroes well you know it's yeah. basically the same thing do we need another like, one but it's but it's like an action an action star archaeologist but, hunting yeah weird stuff. i think it's it's very similar so the feel is different though know. sorry tim what were you saying my i mean my thing with indiana jones is i always look at it as more of a period piece like i love that it's like yeah. set in like cold war and and world war ii and stuff like that um whereas, when, whereas what, are you, what are you talking about what sorry wait what are you talking about cold war they never made a movie in the cold war uh, i didn't hate crystal skull 
No, I, I, I yeah, well, I liked it better than what we're talking about today. So really, yeah, yeah. Chrissy, this is going to be an interesting ride today it's for you and me. Interesting ride. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what he actually said was uh, that talking to the sun, he said that uh, he believes it's time for Indiana Jones to take a quote different form, and that we'd have to change the name from Jones to Joan, and there would be nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. See, that's why it struck me as sarcastic, because, like, that's his second name. That's not the name you changed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd be down for it. Uh, But, yeah, like, well, I see, I don't have, I give, like, negative shits about about Tomb Raider, but I give a lot of shits about uh, Indiana Jones, so I would definitely go see an Indiana Jones movie over, a female Indiana Jones movie over a... uh, Tomb Raider movie any day of the week. Mm. I've heard people say they like the new Tomb Raider movie. Not like it's like it's not Raiders of the Lost Ark it's levels of good possible. or anything like that. But I've heard, yeah, I've heard people say that they've enjoyed it. Like Paul was talking to me about it before we recorded our yeah. last episode, and he was like, "Oh, I really enjoyed it. You should check it out." I was like, "I'm not going to the theater to see yeah. it, but I'll check it out on demand." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Which was my plan for this week's episode too, but that's that didn't happen. <laughs> Here's a story that combines a couple things that I like into one story. The Halloween Horror Nights this year have started to announce what uh, haunted houses they're going to do. And the first one that they've announced is they're going to do a Stranger Things house cool. where they're going to like take people. Yeah, you get to like walk through the uh, the upside down and shit. It sounds like it's going to be at, they're going to have it at Universal Studios Hollywood, Universal Orlando, and also Universal Studios in Singapore will all have mazes based on the first season of Stranger Things. Um, I'm into that. That's, That's awesome. cool. Yeah. So my sister's already trying to, uh, she, she really likes Stranger Things too. So she's already trying and theme parks and stuff. So she's already trying to get me and uh, Alicia to commit to going on a trip down there in the fall to, to do Halloween Horror Nights, which I'm always up for if I can afford it. Yeah. I love it down there. Nice. Let's see. Here's a sad one, but uh, that uh, didn't mean as much for me, but a lot of geeks we're, we're a little torn up about it. One of the co-founders of Studio Ghibli passed away this week. I, Isao Takahata passed away. He also directed Grave of the Fireflies. He was like 82. Oh, one of their first ones. Yeah, I'm not a huge like anime guy, though, so it doesn't have a huge amount of resonance with me, but it seems to be a pretty big death in the anime world anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't have anything else to say about that. We uh we show a lot of Studio Ghibli films at the gallery. Yeah, yeah, they get a lot of a lot of artistic merit in those films for sure. Mm-hmm. See, we are starting to get some sense now that you know some se- shows are like in the middle or towards the end of their seasons of what's getting renewed and what's not. And uh, regardless of all of Mark and my's discussions, almost all of the CW comic book shows are getting renewed for an, at least one more season. Did Legends finally get picked up? Yeah, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Black Lightning are all getting uh, another se- uh, season. That just means we get Constantine. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural and Riverdale also got uh, additional seasons. So they're never going to cancel Super. Like yeah, Supernatural in its fourteenth season. 14th, yeah, that's your fourteen. <laughs> uh, the only one that is uh, really getting the axe is uh, out of the comic book shows is iZombie. Really? Oh, really? That's too bad. I like that show. Yeah, I liked it. I felt like it was starting to sort of reach the end of its lifespan, but and I I can see how it might not have had the same sort of built-in audience that like the DC shows have. So I actually prefer it to all. Well, with the exception of Legends, I prefer it to all the DC shows. 
I'm not up to date on it though. Yeah, it fits somewhere in the middle of the DC shows for me. I'd say like I, I definitely like it more than Arrow, and I might like it more than the Flash right now too. Yeah. Oh, I definitely like it more than Arrow, but like I, what's the thing you always say, rock salt dildo? Like that was preferable <laughs> to what Arrow's been the last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this season has come back around a little bit, but it's still not. Has it? Yeah. Yeah. I just I I. I bounce into like the uh the overarching like dc tv like subreddit and like all the arrow posts are just like what the fuck is going on i'm like well i'm not checking back in until somebody says there's an episode worth checking out so yeah there's another neil gaiman project in the uh news this one is uh gorman ghost i don't know what that is but i like it yeah it's uh uh, Mervyn Peak's classic fantasy series. So I guess it had a TV show like 20 something years ago. And uh, Neil Gaiman has been working on trying to adapt it to t- for TV for a couple of years ago. And now it looks like it's going to come to fruition. So yeah, I, I know absolutely nothing about it, but I guess it looks like it was popular around the same time as Lord of the Rings was. Um, that those were sort of the two big like fantasy series in the 60s. But yeah, I know know very little about it. I guess it was a trilogy of books. It's it's one of those books that like gets recommended to me every once in a while, mm-hmm. and the name's super familiar, but I don't know anything about it. It's not a Neil Gaiman book though. Like it's a um, no. The writer is Mervyn Peake, so I, it's interesting. And it's, these are all they were all written in the forties and fifties and stuff. So like he's probably long since dead. But yeah, um, it seems like it was kind of a big influence on Gaiman. So. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it just seems like a fantasy series are starting to become the new sort of vogue right now with the Lord of the Rings series that got announced recently, and then this, and then there's been a couple Which other could projects. Which Del Toro. No, it's not. That was a April Fool's. Was it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. super close attention at the beginning of April, Christy. Yeah. Well, stories. I didn't share anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that was April Fool's by uh, OneRing.net, um, basically because like everybody was super excited when Del Toro was potentially going to be doing the Hobbit movies, and so they were just teasing people that he was going to do the uh, the Amazon TV show instead. That's rude. <laughs> pranks, pranks don't always make people feel good. Yeah, I think and a lot of those internet pranks are really just made to make people feel like an idiot afterwards. You know what I mean? Because like when you when you figure it out, you're like, oh yeah, that was never going to happen. Like, well, how is that going to happen? Regardless of how awesome it sounds. So. <laughs> well, one one of the best ones I saw. Did you guys see the the Think Geek one that was a clock of the screaming sun from Rick and Morty mm, no. from from yeah, that planet where it's like daytime, like what twenty three hours of the day or something like that, and the sun just screams. And so, like, no ah. matter when you you set the alarm for, it just screams for twenty three hours straight. I'm not sure if it's one of that the ones that amazing. like you know they just had as you know a gag or sometimes because Think Geek always puts out like maybe a half dozen or something ones, and two or three of them become like actual products that they start selling. Yeah, yeah, it's usually the one That's that gets amazing. the most like retweet stuff kind of thing. So yeah, if that one that that might be a real thing, I like I'm not going to buy a 23 hour day screaming sun, <laughs> um, regardless of how funny that is. Yeah, but that's still pretty fucking funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, and then the other one that I, I shared with Mark that I thought was kind of fun. We uh, we give Rob Liefeld a lot of shit around here, as does seemingly everybody, but he at least seems to be mm-hmm. pretty self aware. He released this. Uh, drawing for a character on his instagram that's just called the pouch and it's just yeah the, the whole body is pouches the fucking like gun that he's holding is made of pouches and it shoots pouches 
And I'm pretty sure are the, the feet hidden too. I think the feet are hidden in the original drawing too. Like I think no, it's only no. like three quarters. No, it's you can you can see. Feet? Yeah, there are feet. There okay. are also pouches. I was gonna say I thought I thought for some reason I'd seen it cropped where it was just like from like kind of like the calves up, and I was like, Jesus, he even cropped it so you can't see the feet. Like everybody makes fun of yeah. him for too. So. <laughs> and the tagline of it uh, that he, the release was it was a uh, don't mess with the pouch. He's always packing. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I saw that. I think his signature is the best thing he illustrates on the, all those pieces. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Was, yeah, I think that's that's basically it. There was little bits and pieces of news about that uh, about the Lord of the Rings series and stuff too, but nothing that I think that's really worth going much in depth into. So, unless you guys had anything to add, I'm so out of the loop this week. No. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been too. I've been traveling and stuff. So. But that's that was everything I could come up with today. So, all right. Well, with that, let's move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Nice. Like all right. Let's go. <laughs> let's go over to Mark. What was the geekiest thing you did this week? Well, aside from like read this book and watch this movie <laughs> that I didn't want to. But anyway, nobody made you read yes, the you fucking did. book. Yes, you did. You did want to. No, that's true. I did want to. I regret my decision. Though. My life choices are poor. <laughs> No, this week is I guess it's been so nuts this week. I haven't really had a chance to do much of anything because like last weekend was like podcast drama, and then I went right back to work. So this week was really just like, oh, I'm going to try and read this book that I don't really care for. What else did I do? I've been doing so much drawing and stuff. That's pretty much it. So I've been rereading the in my non Ready Player One time. I've been rereading the uh, Andrew Loomis illustration books from the 60s and 70s, which is like kind of like the de facto guidebook for comic book illustrators just to like yeah. learn the basics of drawing or like going from basic to advanced and like really figuring out, I don't know, all the stuff about composition. So like I've been rewatching. So the geekiest thing I did was I sat through Blade Runner 2049 for the 500,000th time and picked 24 like frames that I'm going to draw in my own kind of style Ooh, nice. afterwards. And then because like comic book page size turned on its size about the right size to get a, an accurate kind of feel for that frame that they use a little bit like they're a little bit narrower because they went really wide like cinemascope 2.85 to one but it's wide enough that i can i it's good it's about right that i can get it in there so i have a couple dozen shots that i want to grab and kind of just do a couple quick sketches and see like how they come out like ink washed or something like that because i don't know i've just been pouring through stuff and illustrating all kinds of like just sketching and doodling all over the place everywhere so i start something mm-hmm. so oh, a lot of cool. series i look forward to based seeing on that one movie that i have watched four hundred thousand times is uh <laughs> yeah i mean seemed like fun. visually it was it was so uh so like dense and 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 pretty yeah. and uh really well designed so i can definitely see why i'd want to look more closely. well that's one of those things i used to do as like an exercise when i was in like art school and stuff like that i used to take like hitchcock movies and like steel frames out of them and just kind of like redraw them or like put them in the notebook is like this is an awesome way to like frame this kind of shot and like for this idea and blah 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 and so it's just me going back to an old practice i had but using a different director yeah i just wish he had more movies that i could go steal from or what mm-hmm. i was actually thinking was actually finding that dp since it's like that guy who um who won the oscar this year whose name i can now not forget and going back through his filmography and just kind of seeing the ones where people were like, Oh, that one's really well shot by him and picking out some frames and doing some sketches and stuff. So it's really, this is like super like art nerd shit. So there you go. Nice. Christy, how about you? What's the geekiest thing you did this week? Geekiest thing I did this week. Um, did I tell you guys yet that I beat Faust from Dragoon? No. I found that 50th Stardust. I found it. 
That was this. No, boss. what you did do is uh, unmute uh, your drop Hangout? out of the fucking yeah, drop out of the Google Hangout and pop back in unmuted. So you now sound <laughs> like a Decepticon. <laughs> Sorry, I was kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So that's that's the secret villain that you'd been looking for that you never that you never beat before. It was the secret villain. I'd never beaten him, and this was so exciting. So like, I beat him on my first try, but it took like an hour. And um, I lost a lot of good men along the way. What was I going to say? So I lost a lot. Of, I lost a lot of good men on the way, and I was really mad because if someone dies mid battle in Dragoon and you don't revive them, they don't get mm. the experience. And so this guy gives you twenty thousand experience points to divvy up in your party. And I'd lost two people that I really wanted to get experience. So I was like, "Fuck!" So I went back and saved on a separate game file. Waited a day so I wasn't frustrated and then went back and played it again and still lost one person, but like managed to keep the other guys alive. So I was satisfied with that. And I feel good because for the first time ever, I like found and beat this guy who's apparently one of the hardest bosses around because he's he's got next to no He's got like a hundred thousand worth of damage. Uh, or something. I, I have no idea what the frame of reference and is for that on this particular game. <laughs> yeah, he has a hundred thousand hit points, and that's high in that game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Quick note yeah. before we move on, and I'll cut this out. Stop touching your fucking face because you keep hitting your microphone. You're driving me insane. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Mark, what are you? This saying? is why I kicked you out of the chatter. <laughs> Mark, what are you? Mark, what are you talking about? Oh God, I'm not touching it. What? Should I should I do it up here now? God damn it! Is that better? Mark, Mark's gonna quit again after. <laughs> yeah, after Mark's quit the podcast. After the, uh, okay, I'll stop uh, right here. Aqua shenanigans last time. Oh my god! You got a good, <laughs> got a good response that from last week's episode, though. I know that people were really enjoying me not enjoying you guys' taste <laughs> music for some reason. Also, can we talk about the response that my Fucking cult thing got for Tim, and the and the and then the response, and also <laughs> the the revenge that I took on Christy. I almost threw up. <laughs> I saw it at like saw it at like two a.m. last night. What's what I say is what like we all like Radiohead. I don't know why I'm being the one that's being targeted on this. So because you oh a cardinal. To be fair, the guy on the right really looks like you too. I was like, well, it kind of looks like. I know I that's why I posted too. it. That's why I posted it because I thought it was hilarious. The other guy wasn't tall enough or big enough to be me, so fuck that guy. I, I'm never one of those people that's like, oh my god, you have to listen to this. If you don't, you're an idiot, kind of thing. I'm more just like, I really like this. You could check it out too if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> but I still thought it was funny because it looked like you. <laughs> fair enough. Only you know less good looking. Good. Like but um i thought it was funny <laughs> i thought they were and both funny but that's retaliated just with this thing that made me go like <laughs> i was really and i liked and i i did enjoy that your mark uh had to get involved and yeah. take shots at you like in spite of the fact he literally does that any chance he gets <laughs> yeah yeah which makes we know which makes us feel a lot less bad about it yeah absolutely it's if you're taking that from your boyfriend like yeah like the, the minor jabs we take at you on the podcast probably shouldn't phase you at all. <laughs> anyway, that's, Chris, that's Chrissy's uh, 
not amused face. No, we not. are not amused. Yeah, visual bits. Yeah, the nice to say. Um. Anyway, so I beat this boss, and it was a big deal. I beat him twice, and he gets like three turns in a row, which is like really. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, so it was a uh, it felt good. Felt 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 good. Oh, that reminds me, Christy. I'm really enjoying The Witcher. <gasps> it's really good. Ah, no, he's not actually playing it. No, I'm not oh playing it. <laughs> oh, that joke's never going to get old. <laughs> watching Christy's hopes get dashed. I know. Watching her dreams die week by week. I haven't, I haven't really talked to Christy much the last couple of weeks, so I've kinda, I kind of miss teasing her. <laughs> I know, okay? I've been I feel busy. like our podcasts are becoming like... She's super busy. We're both super busy. I got my new gerb. You were supposed to come over and record today, oh, if shit. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I was actually, um, I was out. I took my um, stepmom out for her 65th birthday. I took her to a uh, a high tea. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going, uh, I'm going home tomorrow for my grandma's 85th birthday, actually. So that's that's why I'm heading down to Niagara tomorrow. Are you also, going to, tomorrow. Are you also going to high tea? Because I would pay good money for pictures of Mark at high tea. That no, but we can we can make an arrangement. We can do like a little cosplay photo shoot session <laughs> if you really want. <laughs> nice. Yep, I, I'm down give for that. Top, give me a top hat and like tails and stuff. Him monocle. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm totally a Pink, monocle pinky, guy. Pinkies out and <laughs> you get like the. Uh, if you're gonna go like super period specific, like cut yourself in back into mutton chops, I could shave the beard off and like yeah. do something really yeah. really shitty. Beautiful. Amazing. I like it. We should do it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so my part for my part, my geek of the week. Let's see. There's a couple things, and they're all gaming related. Uh, but I'll probably go back to I'll probably go back to Zelda because I did pl- end up playing quite a bit of Zelda uh, last weekend, and uh, I got through all. Uh, I've got all the captured memories now, including nice. the one in the fucking castle, which was a fucking. I was gonna say, did you sneak in and like do it like the hard way, or did you? Are you leveled up to the point where you're okay to get in there? I mostly like, yeah, I snuck in from the side kind of thing. And I, so it was a lot of, a lot of climbing and a lot of like a lot of stealth potions and a lot of running really quickly past guardians so that I don't get like fucking just wrecked too hard. Mm. Yeah, I need you to stop talking about that game. Cause like, I'll never start the Witcher cause I will eventually end up starting to play that again. And that's a 300 hour commitment. So yeah. <sighs> I'm just going to roll my ass. Yeah, I, I took, I took the fucking Such a good game. I took the switch with me this week, but I ended up doing other stuff this week. Like I, uh, I went to a barcade one night this week in, uh, in Columbus that I've been to once before, but it's nice because it's all like almost all like vintage games. They have very few like newer games, so I most of what they have is like ninety five or earlier, and they've got like really old like Burger Time and like Tron and you know Pac Man is Pac Man and Donkey Kong and all set to free play. So as long as you're drinking, you're playing for free. Nice, that's awesome. So. Yeah, it's one of the nicer one of the nicer ones I've been to. But yeah, so that's that's pretty pretty much it for me this week. Wow, we're we're burning through things again here, guys. We are good. It's good. We'll have uh, lots of time for Mark to talk about this uh, this movie that I really liked. Yeah, this thing he hated. <laughs> All right, well, it's a that? strong word, but it's not too far <laughs> off. Anymore. Let's move on to our. Meat of the episode. Meat of the episode. Virtual meat. Immersive meat. Player one, meat. <laughs> Extra life. 
yeah, so this week we're talking about the uh, sort of movie that's been sweeping the geek nation the last couple weeks or so, Ready Player One. Oh, uh, I was going to say, we've already talked about Black Panther. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's like a month, month and a half old at this point. Still, still gets more headlines than this movie did, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Ray Player One, uh, obviously directed by the great Steven Spielberg and uh, based on the novel by Ernest Cline. But yeah, so let's let's jump right into it. I want to get from you guys first. Just uh, what was your level of familiarity with the story going in? Like, had you read the book? Had you heard? How much had you heard about the story? Like, were you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's go to Mark, since I already know kind of what his answer is. Well, I, I started reading the book before I saw the movie. I'm about halfway through it now, so I didn't finish it before I got to see the movie. I did read like some plot synopsis. I had a pretty good idea of what the movie was about before it went in. Mm-hmm. I was pretty. I think we've talked about it before. Like I was pretty lukewarm on it going into the movie and mm-hmm. came out a little bit hotter, <laughs> I guess, but <laughs> in the negative way. So. <laughs> Yeah, so like I, I knew what it was. I knew it was kind of just like a, a giant nostalgia fucking blowjob movie. So I was like curious, but not like I need to go run out and see it. And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So there you go. Or dreaded it being anyway. <laughs> that was kind of my expectation going in as well, because that's like I, I've had a lot of people recommend that I read Ready Player One basically with like by saying like if you yeah. grew up in the 80s, you will appreciate it kind of thing because it's just reference after reference after reference kind of thing and that never really sold me too much on the book um the, the other problem with it is that like it's horribly written so like regardless <laughs> of how big a nostalgia boner you get it's like it's just like a series of lists of yeah. like i'm going to do this thing so i gotta get my armor on but my armor is this from this franchise and i'm flying this shit from this franchise there's these long lists of references to other shit that really don't factor into the actual story at all it's just like isn't it really cool that i'm driving the delorean yeah oh Okay, that's it. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is too, like I, I was never really sold on the book because um, it sounds like so many of those would be like, oh, so they tell me in words that this guy's using, you know, driving a DeLorean or whatever kind of thing. Whereas, like, I would much rather see that visually, which is something that the movie can actually give me. Whereas the yeah. book, I'm just like, okay, I know what that is. Yeah. Great kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's a, a huge problem with the book because it. it, it it relies so much of its uh, appeal on just like constantly name dropping mm-hmm. uh, pop culture stuff that like nothing else really like there's stuff happening. Obviously like the plot is still there, but it's, it's, it, it feels way more padded with that kind of stuff. And again, his pro style is not great. So it's kind of like, I'm just, it feels like I'm just bouncing from boring scene to yeah, list of I'm stuff. Sure to I felt like scene. that. I'm like, Oof. Yeah. All right. That's great. <laughs> well, had you had you read the book, Christy? No, I okay. actually wanted to read the book, but I was told by a number of people to wait and see the movie first in this instance because okay. there was going to be so much of the book that wasn't in the movie. That's what I've heard from people that that have uh, read the book and then saw the movie. But a lot of them were saying like, yeah, I didn't really expect it to be exactly like the book because the book is pretty difficult to adapt in mm-hmm. certain areas. Yeah. If you could do like a trilogy, you could probably do most of it. It's the mm-hmm. only problem really that I would foresee in the way. But from what I've read so far, again, I'm about 50% in, like I'm halfway through the book is or actually a little past 50% mark now. But um, but yeah, it's I don't remember what I was going to say anymore. It's just kind of how how adaptable it is and issues with adapting it. Oh, yeah, it, was, it would just be it would cost a fucking fortune to drop yeah. all those references into a movie like I couldn't it would like 
you have Marvel and DC characters on the same screen at the same time. Like it's just not it was <laughs> never going to happen that way. Yeah. Like there's way more references to like stuff that is now massive. Like you, they reference Marvel, which you don't see any of them in the movie. And like there's Tolkien references that like just don't exist in the movie because they can't afford to like deal with like look how much they're paying. Amazon's paying to for the rights to that TV show. Yeah. Like, it would be exorbitantly no, expensive that- to shoot what they he yeah. wrote, but they did a decent yeah, job moving enough uh, over. Gandalf was in the club in the movie. Was he? Uh, yeah, because that was one of the things that people were picking out of the trailer. I mean, it's maybe like just sort of uh, yeah, like background wizard. enough. Yeah, background enough that they didn't actually need to pay rights for it. Awesome. Um, we'll get into that later on, I'm sure, when we're talking about all the stuff packed in here. All right, so yeah, well, we all saw the movie this week, so let's just uh, go around and say, first off, just what our general impressions were overall before we start getting into detail. Um, let's do. Christy first this time. Honestly, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun a fun romp, um, and uh, I thought that I I I went in with no expectations. I had no idea what the story was except from what I'd seen with the trailer. I actually expected it to be worse CGI than it was, so I was pleasantly surprised by how fluid it was. You know, eighty percent of the time. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but can I? Can, how did you see it? Three D or two D? IMAX three D. Okay. Yeah, that was me too. I saw IMAX. It was 3D. one of the ones that I figured if it has that much the word CGI, it deserves an IMAX experience. Mm-hmm. So um, there was that, and I thought that considering how much they were packing into the movie, they the pacing was pretty good. I I know people probably won't agree with me on that, but from a personal perspective of not yeah strong disagree. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I I was talking about this with my mark relatively recently just about how we it's harder for movies now to be you don't go you you expect more from a story now that we have these strong tv shows that are just you know allowing for a story to grow over episodes and episodes that are each like mini movies Mm -hmm. so for something like ready player one to pack in as much as it did i think it did a pretty good job i mean the love story is the love story. You guys know how I feel about love stories. I'm bored of them. But um, I still... I didn't, I'm surprised you didn't have more problems with the love story. I did have my story. problems with it, but we're not at a gripe session now. <laughs> That'll be later. But I enjoyed the references. I, I mean, there were a gajillion of them, and I kind of got a little overwhelmed by them at some point. Yeah. And again, I wasn't like... I wasn't huge on the loves, on this love story. I thought it was a weak, really weak part of the, the plot. But yeah, I, overall, I had fun with it. I thought it was fun. And sometimes it's okay for a movie to just be fun. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. It doesn't have to be the next, you know, epic fairy tale or fantasy or next Blade Runner, Blade Runner. or whatever. Yeah, the next, next Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, it can just yeah. be an enjoyable experience. And I enjoyed it. Well, for the other side of that coin, let's go to Mark. Yeah, I did not enjoy the movie uh, anywhere near as much as you guys did. I had there's parts of the movie that I enjoyed, like the like the closing battle and stuff like that was like awesome to watch. But like the the main plot felt super derivative, and I mean obviously it's based on a book that is probably based on a million other. It just felt like the Triwizard Tournament again. I was like, oh, all right, another contest for some special person to win. Awesome, never seen that story before. <laughs> And then, like, I had a giant problem with the romance, both in the book, and then, like, it was it was alleviated slightly by the movie, but I still definitely had an issue there. I think what I said, I said, I'm not sure if I said it to Tim or to Paul, 
uh, because I was talking to Paul about it last night too, but I was like, I felt, didn't feel like I was watching a movie or like enjoying a story. I just felt like I was being Mm. marketed to not like actually enjoying like a a proper narrative. It was just like, here's all this cool shit that you should go buy. (laughs) I was like, well, that's not really what I want out of a movie. Cause like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to like go buy like a new Iron Man action figure when infinity war comes out, if they got a good one, but I don't feel like those Marvel movies necessarily marketing to me like that. Like, it's not just like they're constantly trying to sell at me, which is what ready player one really felt like the entire time. It just felt like constantly. Yeah. There's Goro. Go buy Mortal <laughs> Kombat. Like, Ooh, look, Serenity. Mm-hmm. Do you have the box set yet? That's coming but, up but from th- Eagle Moss this year. Like that kind of shit. It's like, oh, you guys will just put commercials on it. But think about how much more shit you're going to see in like a Walmart or a Target or some ch- something like that from uh, Infinity War than you are from yeah. Ready Player One. Well, yeah, because they can't afford to license all this stuff and make toys out of it, right? Like you just can't. <laughs> it's it's just yeah. felt like it was just like a commercial. I see what for you're all saying. Other properties, you know what I mean? And like just tied together by the the most threadbare, basic like adventure plot in history. So I was like. Yeah. All right. And then like my the my biggest thing was like I was walk- looking at my clock about half an hour into the movie and was just bored for about the first hour until it really kind of kicked into like it became more spectacle than just like trying to word like mm-hmm. boringly world builds. My the millionth what do you want to call it like kind of post apocalyptic or like dystopian future. I was like uh, I'm done. I don't need this. Yeah. So what do yeah. you think, Tim? All right. Well, for my for me, I sort of fell in between you guys, probably closer to Christy than to Mark. I, I also enjoyed it overall. I, I'm i in sort of the same boat as Christy. Like, I didn't have massive expectations going in. I didn't, you know, wasn't expecting it to be like some fucking crazy groundbreaking thing. I was just going in looking for something fun, and that's more or less what I got from it. Visually, I thought it was really impressive. It was a little overly dense at spots, but I think that was kind of intentional and i'll talk about that a little bit more later but when i went in i was kind of expecting like a standard like dystopian young adult kind of novel kind of story like something like maze runner and hunger games which i'm kind of burnt out on and i've never really been a big fan of to begin with but it was it was more than that at least for me okay because that's exactly what i got out of it was like yeah okay it's just another like hunger games actually a good analogy i was like oh just kind of it's kind of like another hunger games good yeah but well i mean I feel like Hunger Games and, and, and Maze Runner and stuff like that are just a little bit more like ham-handed than this was. Yeah. Like I felt like this actually had some interesting stuff to say about like gaming culture, fandom in general, and not in that sort of like, you know, Maze Runner or, or like uh, Hunger Games, like these are all the rich people, they're evil and bad, and these are the, you know, plucky youngsters that are just trying to fix the world kind of thing. Yeah. Like it was, it was somewhere, like there were some gray areas and stuff like that, and there was... You know, it wasn't just like, you know, we need to destroy the Oasis because everybody's invested in it and having escapes, uh, escapism is bad. Like it ended up kind of being somewhere in between. Yeah, like escapism is okay as long as you still have a grounded root in the real world. Yeah, exactly. It was more a story about like striking a balance rather than, you know, take tearing this thing down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but- it never really felt like a war on the Oasis. No. The Oasis is very, like, it's almost, it's bordering on minor compared to how it is. Like, it's so important in the book. Like, it's the center of the entire, like, culture and life and everything in the book. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. in the movie, it felt much more secondary. Like, you spend a lot of time in the book talking about how the Oasis functions and, like, where they're in the Oasis and, like, what how things are working and, like, how they reprogram things and this, that, and the other thing. But, like, 
the movie just yeah, kind of just the it, the movie the details yeah, and the it was way more like, of like, just, like cogs a, a big plot device in the movie which is fine like it didn't need to like be super fleshed out in the movie it would have been nice to get a little bit more detail about how like life in the oasis works as opposed to just kind of yeah. like his little take on it so yeah some of it is stuff that like they can show you in the movie rather yeah. than having to like explicitly have a character explain it to you mm-hmm. kind of thing which they but they still didn't do a lot of that or or that or that is just like implied rather than yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah no I, I i enjoyed it overall like i i felt like it was a little hollow in places uh like it wasn't the most like in-depth sort of story of all times and it and it sort of switched gears back and forth in a couple ways but no overall i was pretty happy with it but yeah, all right, let's get into how we normally do these things as we start out talking about strengths. What was the stuff in particular that you guys really enjoyed about it? Well, Mark, why don't you go first? <laughs> Short but sweet. The action sequences were pretty good. Like they were fun, at least, um, but there were more. Everything felt low stakes. I My big yeah. problem, a lot of it was like, if it, because everything's a cartoon, like it's just a video game. It's like a cutscene. It felt like very weightless a lot of the time, like none of it mattered. So I don't know what I did like visually very striking. They did a lot of awesome work on like the detail of the characters and stuff like that. Like even getting in yeah, close I thought, to, I thought the avatars, uh, they did a really good job on in general. Yeah. Cause even like when you get close to Percival's like actual avatar and you can see how like it's synthetic, it looks like, yeah. like a carbon nanofiber or something like that mesh over his skin. Like that's, he doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. Like he looks real, but he looks like, like his skin looks artificial and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Like the level of detail was really cool. I really enjoyed that last fight. I thought there was, I had an issue with them using Iron Giant, but like the the fight itself, where it's like Mecha Godzilla versus the Iron Giant, and then the fucking and Gundam, then Gundam. yeah, that was awesome. that was really cool. Missed opportunity to me, but like we can talk about that a little later. What else did I like about it? I thought some of the support actors were really good. I really liked the girl who played Artemis. I thought did a really good job of what mm-hmm. she was given. H was awesome both in the Oasis and then the actress who played her. Like in spoiler alert, I, obviously, I liked her when she got out. I was disappointed in her performance outside the Oasis. I thought she kind of fell flat in the real yeah. life stuff. I feel like she got cut down hard is what ended up kind of happening. I felt like there yeah. was probably some character stuff that got chopped out because I liked the way she was playing the character, but then it's like they didn't do anything with it. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. okay. Because they had that one split second where it's like, oh, you're a girl. Yeah. What did you expect? And they never really do anything yeah. with that. Whereas it becomes kind of a, a thing in the book when they find that out. Apparently I haven't got to that part yet, but yeah, I mean, I, that might just be a fact that the book was written like six or seven years ago now kind of thing. And that's maybe not as big of an issue anymore. Like people are a little bit more accepting of that kind of stuff now. And, you know, sort of more fluid gender identity Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Well, it's on top of the fact that like a lot of people do that, like who, like who play a lot of guys play as girls in video games and a lot of girls play as guys in video games. Like I know girls who do it to avoid getting harassed and I know guys who do it because they think it's hilarious or whatever, but like, I don't know. Or because they like getting hit or on, or because the female voice actor is better than the male. <laughs> That's entirely because, possible, uh, also. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, neither of you have played Mass Effect, Dick. <laughs> no. It's not bitter at all. <laughs> Anything else that you uh, that really stuck out to you that you really enjoyed, Mark? I did like that the guy's funeral was like a Starfleet funeral. That was kind of nice. That was yeah. good for me. That yeah, that was. That but was that was cool, the only but... other Star Trek reference in the entire thing. I thought that was a little weird, but I guess. They must have probably paid a fortune to get those 30 seconds of those logos in there because yeah. that's at, well, movie wise, it's a Paramount, right? So it wasn't a Warner Brothers thing. So this movie's Warner, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, I think so. Christy, yeah. are, you, are you eating a discount? Uh, cream no, eggs? it's um, actually the better version. It's uh, an English caramel the, egg. No, it's, it's di- discount Easter candy regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the best part of the week after Easter. It's imported. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Mark touched on on some of the my stuff, like the visuals I was really happy with overall. I did feel like there was sometimes that it was just overly dense, but I do feel like yes. that, that was that, that was intentional because you know you're supposed to get this feeling that the Oasis is just overstimulation to the nth degree kind of thing. And that's why I asked about the IMAX thing or like how you guys watched it earlier, because I watched it at my usual theater and I just I had a real hard time following some of the action sequences. Like it felt very yeah. Things felt blurry because I was watching it in 3D and I always have kind of like 3D has that blurriness to it naturally, but I just felt like things were moving so fast that I was like, I don't really know what's going on because that blur was not helping me identify what was going on. So I think it was just like that they were trying to really contrast the Oasis versus the sort of real world and, you know, the the sensory overload that you get in the Oasis. But, but that being said, like in a movie that, you know, obviously they went to a massive amount of trouble to, uh, license all these characters and and visuals and whatever properties like in scenes like the first time they go through the race or that first planet doom battle where mm-hmm. shit's just like coming at you so quick and there's only so much of it you can take in yeah that being said like I, i'd like to go back and rewatch those scenes again yeah maybe you know home video kind of thing where i can actually yeah. pause it or just watch those scenes over and over again kind of thing and try and catch more of it because i know that there's stuff in there that i missed yeah, I would uh, definitely like to be able to watch it in 2D on a like a flat panel at like 60 hertz or something like that, just yeah. so that I can kind of see everything. Because I felt like I was missing stuff just because of like how quickly everything was moving, and then like yeah, I was having trouble seeing it and stuff. And I was like, wow, yeah, everything's like, moving around like crazy, and like it's blurring, and my eyes aren't focusing. I'm like, okay, this is. <laughs> it felt like it's like my big gripe with the especially the first batch of Transformers movies, where it's just like a mm-hmm. mash of, mash of CG shit, kind of crash together and i'm like well i don't really know what's going on yeah oh there's optimus quick, prime quick, quick cuts and, yeah 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 so. yeah i mean in this yeah. case like there would just be you know uh in the background characters that the camera was just like panning past and i was like oh wait i think i rem- i recognize that yeah. but he was on the screen on the screen for a second and a half and i couldn't actually figure out if that's if i was seeing what i thought i was seeing that kind of thing but again i think like that that helped to really set that tone for the oasis as just being this place where you know consequences are almost meaningless and everything is you know it's it's an everything all the time kind of situation yeah Yeah. i agree with a lot of those points i um i found myself just really enjoying being immersed in a just a world without possible like with limitless possibilities yeah i thought that was really a bold and risky move to make in a film like like that but they they did it pretty seeming seamlessly like you were explained what what the oasis was at the beginning and then you just kind of had to go along for the ride yeah yeah i don't know i thought i thought the acting was was pretty was pretty good for it was serviceable serviceable. i didn't have any like massive issues with it yeah Uh, i didn't like the lead (laughs) i didn't really i wish there was more simon Pegg. Absolutely. I wish there had yeah. been more explanation about the love interest between uh, Simon Pegg's character and like how. I feel. Yeah, I feel like that was cut down yeah. a lot. Like there yeah. was there was more that we could have got kind of thing, but they. Yeah, just it didn't. feels like it might be a bigger subplot in the book going forward. I'll I'll have to. Yeah, I don't know when I finish it. I'll let you guys know. I guess. So. But yeah. I found that to be disappointing, and also I'll get to this in the gripe session. But though I really enjoyed the man who played. Oh, what was his name? Um, Halliday. Halliday, thank you. I enjoyed his interpretation, but at the same time, I think they almost made him 
autistic to the point of being unlikable. A stereotype? Yeah, like a bit of a stereotype because you you pitied him instead of recognizing that he was a genius. No, that's that's holdover from the book. That's pretty much in the text. A lot of the characters, as they translated over, were made much more likable. He was not yeah. one of them. Like the book's filled with a bunch of characters where you're like, these are all very unsympathetic and kind of shitty people for the most part. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they're if they're even like fully fleshed out characters at all, which is another gripe I have about the book. But like that character in particular doesn't. You spend a lot more time with him in the movie than it feels like you do in the mm. book so far. So mm. I don't know, but they do play up like. They mentioned in dialogue in the book that like, oh, yeah, he probably was like, like looking back and probably like a high functioning autistic or had Asperger's or something like that. So they do reference it. I think what they were trying to do with the movie, just Holiday is an interesting, like he could be a whole subtopic. But I think what they made an interesting choice in making him making a statement at the beginning that everybody loved Holiday. Everybody worshipped this guy. And I think that, like I said, it was a choice to make him blatantly autistic or having Asperger's, some kind of spectrumed, like special needs. In doing that, I think they were trying to say that there are limitless possibilities, even if you feel, you know, like you might be disadvantaged in some way or another, or you're limited. You're limited in the real world or something. Yeah. But I found that it was, it wasn't in mocking territory, but it was very, very close to... Very stereotypical, at the very least. Very stereotypical, yes. Yeah. To create a character like that and then take away his love interest and give it to the normal, the normalized character mm-hmm. is yeah. a very wrong choice to make. Well, I mean, like, it's realistic at the very least. Like, it, I don't know. I just felt like that. that I, didn't, I didn't hate the way that actor portrayed the character but no, i definitely thought there was probably a better casting choice if you I, I don't know i don't know if the choice is to like not have you warm up to him in the movie because like they it feels like they want you to like think of him as like in that almost not dumbledore way but kind of like that elder wise statesman kind of way in the book whereas like my i my, for some reason i was watching and being like you know who'd be really good at doing this and playing that kind of level of detached and emotionally stunted but still kind of lovable brent spiner why is data not doing this role like that was the mm. one that because he just he's more personable but can still play like very dysfunctional. Yeah. 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 So that sort of um definitely yeah, good that- at not understanding human emotion kind of thing. Ex- absolutely, exactly. <laughs> well, it's still like but still being kind of like playful and like you like him still. Like I've never yeah. seen a Brent Spider role where I'm like oh, I don't like watching him do his thing cuz he's just he's very charismatic and stuff, but he can play that like very detached kind of broken individual as well. So that was like it just popped in my head. I'm like, "Ooh, Brent Spiner would have been a better pull for this." But I just to me, I like I said, I I, I didn't not enjoy the performance. I did enjoy it, but I thought that it was it was a choice that didn't need to be so like pushed and pushed to the forefront of your experience with the film. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You just think it didn't need to necessarily have as much of a light shine on it as it did? No. I think that no. it was okay. a bit of a a bit of a slap to an audience. Being like, you have to understand he's autistic. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, they yeah. really like bash you over the head with it a little <laughs> yeah. bit, kind of heavily. Yeah. And it's okay, he's autistic. Um, the uh, the other stuff I really liked, going back to the visuals, I thought one of the most impressive scenes was when Parzival is going backwards through the race yeah. and you're getting to see the race from the outside. 
I was really impressed with how they that did that. That was one of my favorites too. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool just to see like, you know, the different like challenges and like, and like the dinosaur and stuff getting like raised up into the playing field while he's going underneath it. I thought that was done really well. Watching Kong just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, I enjoyed the sort of nostalgia trip side of it. Like it was obviously, you know, it's, it's, it was weird to see this sort of society where like our childhood is like memorialized kind of thing, like just fetishized yeah. like that. That felt a little, see that, I think that was kind of like, I think that was part of my problem with, I think it's my part of my problem with the the property as a whole is like, mm-hmm. I don't care how much people are into like something retro or whatever. It's never going to become like a zeitgeisty thing like that. Like, I don't, I, it, I don't know. It just felt really forced almost unrealistically forced to me. Like, I don't know. Well, I think so. part of that, um, I was thinking about that too. And what happened to all of the, all of the media that was created? Like they had Overwatch, great. But like, what happened to all the media yeah. that was created after 1995? Like, was it yeah. just not as cool? And it's Halliday's thing, right? And like, that's, that's his true. life growing up. And so like, that's really what he put into the Oasis. Yeah. Surely other people would have, you know, you would have like modders that would bring in like other later stuff. But it seems like really the core of it is that sort of time period, which yep. sort of makes sense because that's like really when pop culture sort of like really came into swing and you had started having like all these blockbuster movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense. I think it's just weird in particular for, you know, what I see as my childhood to be sort of put up on a pedestal that way. I mean, I feel like it is somewhat al- already being done in our society. And it's just yeah. strange for me to be people to have people talking about like, you know, Indiana Jones or Back to the Future or something like that is like classic movies at this point. It just felt really weirdly regressive to me to have like all this pop culture from the 50s or like from 50 years ago, probably like approximately being like the craziest, most de rigueur thing in their universe. When it's like, is there nothing new being created? Like there's gotta be like, there's gotta be people in the Oasis making new shit. Right. So like, I don't know. It just, uh, there was like a weird disconnect and the same kind of thing that it happens in Star Trek too, where it's like, they, it's like the, the cutoff dates, like whatever the year that the production was made is the last time they'll reference pop culture. And there's 400 year gap between yeah like any like new music or whatever because they're still listening to like brahms and jazz from the 20s and shit it's like yeah and if they're ever on the holodeck they're always looking at like 20th century whatever kind of paris or what have you yeah part of that really part of that is um like we've talked about this before that uh, just lazy writing no it's not lazy writing (laughs) it's that your generation is the first one that really appreciates nostalgia on a grand scheme i don't think that's true like i think that's no no i mean like pretty diminutive like (laughs) The boomers exist. No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying first. Chill out. Listen to what I'm saying first. (laughs) The first generation with video games on a mass scale. The first generation to really have big, huge, bold movies like on a mass scale, like with a ton of references to be looking at. I'm not saying that there was no nostalgia before. I'm saying that this is the most like your generation and just before I think it's, are... I think it's like the peak of zeitgeist, right? Like me off. I'm going to kill you guys. Fine. Get your mansplaining <laughs> out. What do you want? Go, go no, ahead, No, I'm Chris, done. Sorry. What do you even want to say? Uh, well, I, I, no, I, I was agreeing with you. I think that like our generation had like this peak zeitgeist kind of thing where like everybody was, you know, everybody watched Star Wars. Everybody went and saw Back to the Future. Everybody played Nintendo kind of thing. Whereas up until then, like a lot of those 
like cinema that maybe our generation is the first one where like movies and cinema and stuff were like more just for mass consumption rather than just like oh the upper class would go to see a movie that you know really would not appeal to to a lower class population or something like that i don't know i don't know if that's part of it that is my point is that it's not that other generations you know weren't considered in my opinion it's just that like you said it is the zeitgeist it is the the biggest thing to be able to pull from like you have the biggest pot to mm-hmm. pull from and just just the fact that everybody under like gets those references kind of thing or like a much larger mm-hmm. percentage of the population gets them than say like you know if you go back into like the blockbusters of the 70s or like even the sci-fi of like the 70s or earlier kind of thing like a lot more people watched Star Trek Next Generation than probably watched Star Trek the original series or like watched the 2000s Battlestar Galactica than watched like the 70s Battlestar Galactica yep. and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, well, while we're on this sort of sort of topic in terms of all those different references and stuff like that, I mean, this movie had to be a fucking tour de force of intellectual property rights. Like I can only imagine how many lawyers they had oh to have God. working on this thing. Like the did you guys stay all the way through the credits and see like the list of all the fucking yeah, like licensing yeah. they had to do? It was crazy. Like the courtesy of such and such, yeah, such and such rights group and everything. That was insane. Yeah, no, it was pretty nuts. Yeah. And then let's see. The other thing I really enjoyed, and I talked about this a little earlier was too, was I think it just had a lot of good things to say about fandom and stuff like what happens when a franchise or like a company sort of loses their way or they start to become more about money than about like story and engagement. And I thought that that was pretty reminiscent of like all the loot box stuff that we've had the last Mm -hmm. year or so where, you know, it's obviously that uh, IOI really wants to just monetize the Oasis, whereas the people that really enjoy it and care about it just want it to be there more for enjoyment and escapism than anything else. It was also, I, I, I liked the idea or maybe not like the idea, but I think it was kind of poignant having the idea of like people that become so obsessed with their hobbies that they end up like spending way Mm -hmm. beyond their financial limits and they end up like, you know, in the loyalty centers and stuff like that. Or because I definitely know people that have, you know, bought way too much shit and spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on figurines or something like that. And then they can't afford their fucking mortgage or their bills or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I said earlier, I I really liked that the overall message of it wasn't necessarily because, you know, going into this, it could have been really easy. And I'm, I, uh, you know, when Ernest Klein was writing this to begin with, it could have been really easy to write a story that was just, you know, technology is evil and we should all disconnect from it entirely kind of thing. But this situation was less, you know, virtual worlds are stupid or pointless. We shouldn't enjoy them. We shouldn't spend time on them because they're not real and they don't matter, but more just that there's a balance to be struck. And I really liked that in the end that, you know, Wade just decided, yeah, we shut down the Oasis a couple of days a week so that people actually have to go out and engage yeah. with real people or, you know, just, just handle their real life responsibilities and shit like that. And I thought that was handled pretty well overall. Yeah, I thought that that was an important thing to include in the final breakdown as well, is that it wasn't about robbing people of that experience. Mm -hmm. It was about creating opportunity for them to still like, you know, experience it, but not in a, a completely unhealthy way. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have anything else that you uh, wanted to talk about in terms of stuff you really enjoyed? Um, I think we've talked about it. Yeah, I think we talked about most of it. All right. Well, Mark, do you want to start us off on gripes then? You've already got into it a little bit. 
Yeah, most of it. I don't know. Uh, no, it's a, like I didn't hate the movie. I just I didn't care for it that much. It, I was going in. I maybe my expectations were set a little high because it's a Spielberg movie. Generally speaking, he doesn't let me down. Although his more recent output is whatever. Like it's it's either historical dramas or The Crystal Skull, which so I definitely kind of probably went in hoping it would be better than it was. The book really turned me off, and then like there was aspects of the romance in the book that are super fucking horrifyingly problematic that are reduced in the movie but i still had some trouble with i really there's a sense to me that like you're supposed to think he's such a good guy for accepting her very minor facial deformity in spite of the fact that or whatever it is like that birthmark in spite of the fact that she is like one of the most beautiful women i've ever seen in my life so i'm like yeah she looks like she has a bad spray tan application you're an awesome dude though like good Mm -hmm. on you for looking past that like no that's not really I don't know. It just felt weird to me in that regard. So it was less about her being an object. She had way more agency. So it vastly improved from what I was reading, but it's still, I still felt problematic to me. A lot of the reference stuff felt a little exclusionary. So like, I don't, I feel like if you weren't in our like age bracket or demographic or like really into the nerdy side of things, like there's probably a lot of references in there that you'd be like, the fuck is going on? I don't know what any of this shit is. <laughs> so like, yeah. like, I don't think, I, I wouldn't recommend my parents watch. Well, maybe my parents would see it and be like, oh, yeah, I recognize a lot of stuff because they were like in their 20s in the 80s or 20s and 30s in the 80s and still watching stuff. But like, for the most mm-hmm. part, like, if you weren't super like attached to pop culture at the time, like, there's gonna be a ton of stuff in there. You're gonna be like, what the fuck? So if you weren't us, so like Christy, who's obviously super engaged in the nerdy thing, and Tim and I are directly in the middle of the demographic they are trying to sell this movie to. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know if yeah. I would be that interested in any of what was going on on screen. Like if I was a woman my age and I was not into all this geeky stuff and I went and watched that movie, I'd be like, I have no fucking idea what is happening. Why did you drag me to this goddamn monstrosity of a movie? So, <laughs> Well, in terms of that demographic too, I had some issues with that too, like where it was shifting gears on me. Like I was having a hard time trying to tell if this was trying to be a movie for like you know teenagers like young adult yeah. novel kind of books or yeah. our generation or both and it just kind of it you know maybe hit about like 65 percent of each kind of thing like there was some overlap uh, but there's some stuff that was there that was probably just there for like teens yeah there was some stuff that was like just there for us kind of thing and that's i think that was my problem is like the story was so like young adulty like not great i wanted more out of the writing out of it that like mm-hmm. it felt like the only reason I was expected to go at my age and like who I am was because they're gonna have Goro in there or whatever. Like yeah. I'm gonna yeah. see the Enterprise. Well, I actually didn't see the Enterprise, but I mean Serenity shows up, whatever, right? Like that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's why I'm going. And then watching, but then I'm watching like at best mediocre young adult novel like level story. So I'm like, none of this like none of this reference is gonna elevate the movie from being kind of mediocre for me you know what i mean like i love seeing fucking mecha godzilla but like if the story that he's involved with is shit then who cares that mecha godzilla is there you get that like one dopamine nostalgia hit and then you're like you have to deal with the story that's going on which is paper thin at best yeah (laughs) and i'll i'll agree i the story and the stakes felt a little like hollow for me that being said i wasn't expecting really high stakes going into it no neither was i but like it's spielberg so i was expecting the writing to maybe be a little bit like you can do a young adult story and it still be good. Like yeah, my friend Blake have writes young adult writing books that I think is really good, and it still falls into like that young adult level of like reading ability stuff. But like this did not at all to me. So 
I don't know. It felt like fan fiction is what I'm trying to say. That's, I think that's kind of the end of it. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, that's what the book probably it is, was. Yeah, right? probably. It was, it was Ernest Klein's fucking love letter to that generation. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that subset of, of, uh, of pop culture. It was definitely so. pandery. But yeah, no, I, I just found that there were a couple of things. Like I said, uh, I was talking about earlier. And I found myself frustrated again with that thing that Mark was talking about with the girl in the face being... I was mm. expecting her to have some kind of disfigurement. Yeah, me too. I was like, okay, or like make yeah, her like, overweight or make her like quad or quadriplegic yeah, or some put her shit. In a or, or like have her have, if you're gonna have her have like that birthmark thing, like go for it. Like don't it's such like an understated makeup application that I'm like, she barely yeah. looks like she's got anything wrong with her. So like Yeah. Make it yeah, make it like a real serious like scar or like yeah, something. Yeah, like if you're like, gonna burns do it, over go like half it. her face or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like like I said, if you're gonna do it, go for it. Like they they feel like they they softballed it and I was like, oh well, yeah. Okay, that's a choice yeah. to make. Like yeah, burns would have been cool if she'd been yeah. like I you know, when I was younger, my dad was working in a loyalty center and I like pulled a pot of boiling water on my face. Yeah, because I was home alone or something like that, right? Yeah. 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 See, you're already writing a better script than what they had. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like it's it's that kind of missed opportunity in movies like this that I find super frustrating. frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like that makes it I think it probably needed to steer harder in one direction or the other. Like that steers it harder into like you know, a movie that's more, you know, targeted towards like 20 to 39 rather than like 12 to 19 kind of thing. I mean, yeah. Do we really need to target those guys anymore, though? Like, there's not a lot of them. No, right? I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying that it needs to happen one way or the other. Yeah, right? Like, absolutely. It, it, yeah. Like, uh, if you're going to make a fucking movie for young adults, then tone everything back. And yeah, yeah. rather. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Focus I on just, making it. My thing was just like, don't make don't try and make this guy seem like he's like a goddamn saint for thinking this girl's cute when she's clearly more way more than cute you know what i mean like yeah that's what we were talking about when you hopped online we were like oh it looks like pudding spots her face and then stained and like that's all that was wrong with her (laughs) no it was kind of an obnoxious thing to just be like no i'm you don't know who i am like i'm totally disfigured like yeah. you, this isn't what i look like this isn't my body it was like it was your body you're you were just that thin yeah like, yeah and you, and you look like brie larson's little sister or some shit like that like come on like <laughs> yeah it was a nice moment at least when uh like she became accepting of it and then put it on her avatar as well true like that was nice but it would have been more powerful if something interesting had happened yeah <laughs> if it was a if it was a more serious yeah. uh impairment or something also, yeah. i just found him really creepy creepy around her like i know that that they're playing into the trope <laughs> of like the loser gamer like gamer guy who can't talk to women yeah. like that but i was like laying it on really thick and again i will say infinitely better than what i've seen in the book where she is basically just like a trophy for him to win alongside the tournament or whatever like the contest but True. and so they gave her way more agency than they did in the book and i liked that like i liked her character a lot more but there's still i still had a lot of problems with their interactions and the way they treated her face thing so yeah i like that she was a little bit more the aggressor in the relationship which isn't something that you see very often in movies and is something that i think uh should be portrayed a lot more often in movies yeah sweet when the girl makes the first and it won hollywood yeah or in just just in media in general yeah it's always something i find pretty refreshing it's also kind of hot yeah which is yeah. a shitty and reductive <laughs> thing to say, but it is kind of nice. So. <laughs> All right. Any, I, I mean, you guys covered most of the stuff that I had. It was mainly just that, yeah, it was, it was a little bit hollow. Like I, 
it had a little bit of heart in places, but overall I felt the movie was kind of lacking in heart, but I wasn't exactly expecting, you know, a super meaningful emotional journey going into this thing. I, kind of, I just, I was hoping Spielberg would like work his old magic, you know what I mean? And elevate it a little bit. It just didn't feel, it felt very pedestrian considering who the director was yeah. to me. Like so. make it, make it ET quality. Yeah. Even like, honestly, even the first Transformers movie, which I know he just produced, had more heart in it than this fucking thing did to me. So. Well, but I mean, maybe maybe that's something that we don't necessarily need to lay at Spielberg's feet because he's just working with the script he's given. That's true. More, as much as the screenwriters. Uh, I mean, it was Ernest Klein and Zach Penn who are the screenwriters. And Zach, yeah, Ernest Klein, and like who wrote the book, which is not great. And Zach Penn, who has never yeah. really been like, never done anything spectacularly good. Like he's serviceable but not spectacular so like i know i I heard stories about like spielberg was really involved in the writing of it like especially once they like ernest klein did the first draft and then zach penn took over and him and spielberg collaborated very tightly which is why i was holding out hope that it would have that like spielbergy magic to it and it just in spots it did like that first sequence where they walk into the oasis was like ooh, that that it's getting there like i'm starting to feel it but then Mm -hmm. just went away really quick because it just became like oh we're gonna go do this race and now it's just gonna be like we're just going to throw 500,000 references to all kinds of other shit at you. And you're not going to be able to tell what's going on and you're yeah. not going to care by the end of it. It's like, well, all right. I guess, and I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I, that was probably the first time when I was like looking at my clock, like the goddamn website said this thing's two hours and 20 minutes. And I'm 23 minutes into this movie. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't take enough edibles. <laughs> I think that there was just like a couple wasted story opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could have done with a little bit more of the the other members of the high five. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Sho and Daito. Yeah. Absolutely. We got we got like all, virtually nothing from them to the point where like it didn't really we didn't really need them in there. Again, same thing that like they're there they're there in the book, but they're barely characters in the book too, like yeah. so far anyway. And I think one of them dies like midway through the novel. Yeah, so. one of them definitely dies. Yeah, I think the younger one dies. I mean that so. that would have raised the stakes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. More I was like, why did they take that out? When I when I read that on whatever, like TV tropes or whatever last night, I was like, why would you take that out? That actually would have added some gravitas to this whole yeah. very nebulously like emotionless kind of proceeding that i'm watching right now but yeah yeah again it was a safe choice they yeah. didn't want to show a dead kid yeah which yeah sorrento was a little bit arch i'll say yes uh he's yeah. you know not not the, not the best uh like sort of ultimate villain although ultimately that actor's always like that though like he's always kind of like i feel like he plays that role better in comedies where he's kind of supposed to ham it up but he's not yeah like i think he's more of a comedic villain actor than he is like i'm where this is a serious drama yeah. villain so yeah but i mean in this case at least like he wasn't like the the main protagonist here basically is like the competition yeah rather than you know sorrento so wasn't was that that didn't like you know break it for me or anything yeah, yeah. tj miller was good i did i did like and i also enjoyed that they didn't actually show his face so that was kind of cool yeah yeah that was neat he just yeah. kind of bums me out because apparently he's kind of a dick Oh, oh, I absolutely. He seems like a total fucking asshole in yeah, real life. He's funny though. Like uh, as much as I hate to say it, like I hate saying that kind of shit, but like he may be a fucking giant asshole, but I've never heard him do anything that didn't sound po- like quasi fictionalized. That was that horrible. It's just him being an asshole, but he is yeah. fucking funny. So, yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have any other gripes you want to get off your chest? I did. I, I thought that there were a couple kind of like just this character development wasn't, fantastic it's not existent <laughs> yeah i i also like i said i would have liked more of simon peg mm-hmm, absolutely i always want more simon peg though yeah. yeah i would have liked i don't know i would have liked something just i don't know i felt like 
their references were so abundant that there was no way to formulate an opinion on any of them. You know, like there were a couple big drops. Like we got, like what you guys are saying, Mega um, Godzilla. Is that what it was? Mega Godzilla? Mecha. I found it to be slightly overwhelming uh, occasionally because I I couldn't watch everything. Like there were some major some major ones. Like you got the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. I was totally happy with that. I was like, yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> I just found that I know that they had to be a million because you had to show a million players wanting to love a million things. But I just I wish they'd saved that for like the the moments when there were a million people all the time instead of like shoving it down your throats constantly. Yeah. Because everything was a reference. Literally everything. Even when he was changing outfits, it was a reference. Yeah. I know that's because it's the world they lived in, but I was just like, uh, this is a lot. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of meant to be a, you know, a jab at at our current culture. Because I feel like a lot of our current culture is just, you know, making references to stuff. Like, there have been, there are people, I mean, we sometimes just talk, like, in fucking, like, community references or something like that. That's true. There are people that, like, you know, converse almost entirely in, like, Simpsons references. That's maybe not as common now, but for a long time, there was, you know, people that would just constantly be dropping, like, Simpsons references. Yeah. I used to have a friend like that, actually. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And I mean, not that not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but it is exclusionary. Like, you know, for people that, you know, don't know whatever it is you're talking about. There have definitely been situations like before before I watched Archer and shit like that, where people would make Archer jokes at me and be like, I have no idea what that is. I haven't watched it yet. Guilty. Sorry. <laughs> no, this is even before we started doing the podcast. There would be people that would uh, would drop Archer jokes on me. and like, yeah, I haven't got to that one yet. Well, not to pull a Christy, but maybe you should just watch fucking Archer then, huh? <laughs> and I did. And I liked it. Oh, you liked something that we told you to watch or play? What's that about? <laughs> yeah, but that was that Archer wasn't what a hundred something hour, uh, not a three hundred hour RPG either. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was like a you know maybe maybe twelve hours something like that commitment over all of the seasons kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and something that I can do while I'm working, whereas like with a game, you actually have to pay attention to it. And... <laughs> Well, that that sort of brought, brings me on to something else I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, actually, I have sort of two questions here. I had one more gripe. I have All one right. more little gripe. It's a little gripe. Well, kind of a little gripe. Maybe. I didn't like the way that they used the Iron Giant as a weapon. Yeah. I thought that was weird, given what the story of that was. And mm-hmm. also, using the Iron Giant gets everybody's like nostalgia bubble going, which is great. But I don't think using him that way was a. Like, I just, it just felt disrespectful to the source material. It totally did it totally did i've never seen iron giant oh my god so I, you should totally, it's it's on my list you totally watch yeah it's oh tim you missed out watching that when you were younger it's not gonna uh, be the same well, we now. were we were totally grown-ups by the time that movie came out pretty much anyway i think we were in high school so it probably wouldn't have made that big a yeah. difference anymore makes, but like yeah but like to me i was like you could totally have thrown in like a reference that would have been more appropriate in there that would have at least for me, like, like Power Rangers nope. or something. You like got, that. Well, yeah, you could have used the Megazord. That would have been great. The me- if Megazord. You're, if you're yeah. trying to hit the 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 '80s nostalgia guy, why are you not Optimus Prime or Megatron? Yeah, especially given Spielberg has connections to that franchise. I mean, I'm sure they would have just really easily grabbed like one of the models, or like from, Devastator, or something or, like and that. That's what my point is. Like, I'm sure like my the cheap and easy way would just be like to grab the Optimus Prime model from like whatever like the last night or whatever that last fucking dumpster fire was. Ugh. Throw that in there, but like. If you really wanted to get people excited, it would be like do the 80s. Get like a really super well rendered, well detailed 80s style Optimus Prime rig yeah. and use that. Like 
I would have loved that would have been the best sequence in the entire but movie. The, to me, the scale on that wouldn't have been right though. It would have been too small. Not necessarily. He's like 18 or 19 feet tall. So the, I think officially yeah, 19. Me- Mecha Godzilla, I think is a lot bigger than Yeah, that. but like the Gundam wasn't that big. Gundam's the same size as Jetfire. So like, cause Jetfire mm-hmm. is a Gundam. So and he's the same height as Optimus Prime. I mean, and also it's Transformers. The scale means absolutely fucking nothing. Unicron's a planet yeah. big, big enough to eat a planet one size. And the next he's standing on a planet. So like, there's no transformers in scale is an entirely separate podcast episode to talk about. <laughs> it's Fair. not a very interesting one but like that being said uh, i did really like the uh the iron giant uh going in the lava and giving the terminator two thumbs yeah. up see that and that, that felt a little tropey to me i was like oh of course they went for that God. reference <laughs> i've never seen terminator two so i didn't even get that i was just like oh he wants everybody to be happy uh, I, like, I like that Christy gets to bitch at us for telling her, like, not watching movies that she tells us to watch. But, like, we've told her to watch the Terminator movies a million times and <laughs> hasn't seen them. I feel like I'm really ragging on you this week. I'm sorry, Christy. <laughs> All right. Done and done. Um, but, yeah, that was the only thing. Like, and I, I agree, Devastator would have been super cool. Like, I would have got, I would have been super happy with the Devastator. But even just, like, a giant Optimus Prime or a Megatron or something, like, that yeah. wasn't necessarily, like... I don't know, like the theme of Iron Giant was so much like a pacifisty kind of theme it and was. like it's a weapon to not be a weapon kind of thing that like having him be there and just to be a like gestalt and fight. I was like, that seems off to me. And especially when I my brain clicked and was like, that could totally have been Optimus Prime or like, I don't know, Grimlock or something fucking cool. But they yeah. they dropped the ball. I think that's another one of the things in the Oasis that they were kind of trying to shine a light on was that sort of cognitive dissonance where you would have like characters that would normally be considered like very, you know, happy or easygoing or stuff like that, that then get into like these crazy epic battles and shit. Like, you know, there are people out there that would love to take like, like there were Hello Kitty avatars in there. I'm sure that people would love to take like into a huge, crazy fucking battle or something just because it's crazy to do. That's true. And like, but even then, like, I guess it's like they even had Serenity or well, they had a Firefly class ship, I guess. I don't know, whatever it was. They, they used yeah. the Gundam dropship, which like not weapon, like it had weapons on it. I'm like, Serenity never had weapons on it either. Like, what is like, I don't, yeah, it's garbage. I don't understand. So in that way, I guess I'm kind of glad they never like didn't do a ton of Star Trek stuff because like seeing the Enterprise flying and just like shooting shit. I'm like, that's not really what the Enterprise is supposed to be doing. I mean, that's what they do in the movies all the Although time. It does. Like that's all it does yeah. in the movies. But like on the TV show where like the fan base would probably like most identify the ship. Like how often do you see the, sh- the phasers go off in any show that is not Deep Space Nine? It's not that often. It's like sustained conflict yeah. is going on without some kind of once, once every few episodes maybe yeah but like yeah it's not the point of the show so i guess that kind of works out yeah. to me but so like the serenity the usage of serenity and the iron giant kind of irked me a little bit but yeah, whatever i actually am really <laughs> ashamed because i didn't even notice it was serenity mm-hmm. i know that sh- that shape when it flew in i was like oh my god they're using a firefly that's that's cool yeah. but then like <laughs> wait is it a gunship i'm like that's not all right, whatever. There were no Mass Effect <laughs> um, references, which I found very upsetting. No, there are a bunch of Halo, yeah, uh, Halo and Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect's yeah. pretty niche, though, too. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, we know what it is, but like, and even if I didn't know you, I would know what it was. But it's still like, it's easier to make a Star Wars or a Firefly reference than it is to make a Mass Effect reference to get a hundred thousand people like into it, as opposed to getting like a thousand people that would be into that Mass Effect reference kind of thing, right? I would literally have screamed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was weird. Like the only comic book character in the entire fucking thing is Spawn. So like that was weird to me too. So yeah, especially given that it was a Warner Brothers movie. Like I know they make one reference to Batman and the the rock climbing thing. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, at the beginning, the Keaton Batman. And I kept expecting the boss guy's avatar to 
turn into like a Superman or like a Red Sun Superman or something like that because he had that like it looked, look. Yeah, it looks like a Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah, yeah. A lot, so I was like, like oh. the Alex Ross, the Kingdom Come Superman. I was kind of expecting that because I, if I was building an avatar and I had unlimited resources, I can do whatever I want. The first thing I do is be like, can I make myself Superman? Because that would be sweet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely got that impression there too. That was they were definitely hearkening a Superman situation with uh, Sorrento's yeah. avatar. I mean, they made the Clark Kent earlier in the movie too, so there's that. But like, yeah. Uh, well, that that segs pretty well into what I want to talk about next. I mean, this mo- obviously was a movie that was really fucking dense with references. So I wanted to get maybe a couple examples each of your like favorite references. So one, maybe like your favorite like Easter egg, something that was like maybe not really overt, but that you picked up on something, you know, that was like a background thing or just a quick reference that they never like go into great detail on kind of thing. And then maybe uh, like your favorite, like sort of more overt, like reference or sequence. So let's let's do Easter eggs first. What were your favorite Easter eggs, Christy? <laughs> One of my favorites. Oh, man, I, I think I, I really liked the moments that you would see characters pop up for like a heartbeat in those big action sequences. Like I liked seeing R2-D2 and some droids at one point um, just for like mm-hmm. a heartbeat. I was like, all right, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. And trying to think of I had this like list in my head of all of the characters that I really loved seeing. You know you can write those down. Mm-hmm. I know. I should have written them down. <laughs> <laughs> but come back to me. Come back to me. Let me think about it for another second. Because I have my favorite <laughs> reference right. in my head because I thought that's where we were going next. Mark. I don't know. Easter egg, I, I'm not really sure. I missed a lot because of like I just was I wasn't seeing stuff really well like Mm. everything felt really blurry especially early on before i settled in a little bit i liked the music a lot it's like it was pretty cool yeah i was gonna say i really liked the music yeah and i I like that they subtly like they had like the rush 2112 which is a big thing in the book that they really downplay in the the story of the the movie but like there's a lot of 2112 references in the movie just like subtly like there's a poster and like uh h is wearing the t-shirt and stuff like that and like she had a lot of cool there was little music references that i thought was interesting given like that it wasn't something that like they blast you with the big '80s pop hits and stuff, like or on the soundtrack. But H's jacket had like Dead Kennedys patches and stuff like that on it, which I thought was kind of like yeah. a cool shout out to stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I guess like yeah. yeah, as a music nerd, that was like the one thing that really caught my eye. So nice. I really liked. It was maybe not like super sort of backgroundy, but the Zemeckis cube. Which they never really sort of like overtly explained why it was named that, but it was named for Robert Zemeckis, who directed Back to the Future. And then it's the one that rewinds all of time by 60 seconds. I thought that was really fucking clever. I did like in the same scene where he's buying stuff, he walks by a booth where you can buy Ryu from Street Fighters, like powers. Like there's like a hologram of Ryu yeah. doing like the hurricane kick in the background. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then he's, I think somebody says, and then, and then later on, he, yeah, does, he does a Hadouken does later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say Hadouken. I really liked that. I wish it was Kamehameha. <laughs> <laughs> what's that that's uh dragon ball oh okay sorry i'm not that's way outside my house street fighter thinks a little more iconic yeah. the hudukin's a big like iconic thing though so yeah i also really liked i totally f- forgot about this um the holy hand grenade oh yeah that was yeah good. that was that was on my yeah that was and i was like they never really yeah they never really like explained where that reference was from nope. but that was a lot of fun too. and um i liked chucky oh god yeah it's chucky yeah <laughs> And Chucky was just fucking wrecking people. That was. Did awesome. you see yeah. in the credits if they actually got Brad Dourif to do his voice, or was that just some like random person? Because I was like, I was like, kind of sounded like him for like, but he only says like, 
like a line that's like a second long and then it's gone. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wanted to check, but I didn't see it in the credits. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one and also the other slasher villains they used in that first uh, Planet Doom scene where they had Freddy and Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where that H and that H fight. Uh, that was that was pretty fun, too. I like those being yeah. a horror nerd. Well, yeah. you must have loved the Shining stuff then. Well, shush, 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 yeah. Shush. All right. Let's, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> any other real like sort of easter egg like background stuff that like there's whole lists online yeah. of like hundreds of of ones it was like the bomb um that blows like, up the stacks oh the yeah mad ball. Uh, i did like i i think we we mentioned it before but like the batman doing the, the mountain climbing thing like me like that made me chuckle at the very yeah. least because i was like hey, i guess he would be the best climber to like go climbing with right like that's awesome so yeah but, yeah i liked um the tiny hello kitty that walked by at one point yeah 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 and there was there was others too. There was a penguin character as well. I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, there were a few different Hello Kitty characters just walking along together, kind of thing. Oh, Pingu. Yeah. Uh, no, Ping is Pingu the claymation one? Yes. No, this isn't Pingu. It's what's, I can't remember his name. He's like an angry penguin. The only penguin I like pop culture penguin I know is like the Linux guy. So I'm not really sure. Yeah. What else? Did you guys know know that there was in the opening title sequence? There's an Easter egg. Like there's an egg in that. Ready Player One, no. like title sequence, and the title really? itself is a map or uh, is a maze. Oh, is it? That's cool. Yeah, so you can if you go through the maze, you get to the Easter egg, which I think is in the whole whole of the R. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I also I don't know I I really did love even though it wasn't really an Easter egg, but like the the T Rex from Jurassic Park. I know I've mentioned it already, but I was really yeah. happy to see that. I thought it was cool that Artemis, make an appearance. Sorry, I thought it was cool that Artemis was riding the Akira bike. I think that was yeah. Really- yeah. yeah, the the uh, the reference to uh, the there's something about Mary hair. Oh yeah, where, oh where yeah, it's all stuck up. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun, fun one that's too. Funny, I just like I, um, I had that hair this morning. Like my hair is very long <laughs> in the front now, and all of a sudden, like I yeah, you haven't looked at it. And I was like, I look like I have something about like I jizzed in my hair last night. <laughs> I should go. Possible. I should go to Halloween. <laughs> but uh, no, I I also really liked, even though I just kind of griped about it. I liked the Prince Purple Rain. Oh, uh, um, uh, is that? Yeah, it wasn't Purple Rain. They used um. No, no, that wasn't Prince. I want to be your lover. I think it was I want to be your lover. They used, wasn't it? No, no, I don't know why I thought Prince. No, no, no. I'm thinking of the suit that he put on. Not oh. it wasn't Prince. Oh, the uh, the um, Buckaroo Bonsai suit. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, but not not that one. The um, no, the that's purple. Prince. I think it's Eddie Murphy. He goes Prince, and then he gets into the the leather what thriller outfit, like Michael then? Jackson outfit right after, and then he does something else, and then he does Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there was that tight purple leather and what scene are you talking about? Outfit with like the black before the club when he's changing to try and like get into. I think there's a there's a Prince reference, definitely yeah. a Michael Jackson reference because like he said he says thriller. Yeah, and yeah. then there's something else in between. Michael- I can't yeah, remember right. what it is, and then it's Buckaroo Bonsai. As a and I, I don't remember what the one in between the two is. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah they did use Prince. Uh, I want to be your lover was on the soundtrack. So, yeah, yes, it was on the soundtrack. But yeah. it, I was thinking of dress up moment. Um, but no, the, I really did love the music too. Just speaking back to that way back point, I thought that was great. Mark, did you catch the uh, the Ace Chemicals Factory? I did see the Ace Chemicals Factory. Yes, I did notice that, that. was a fun one. So yeah, that that one's a pretty deep cut because that's the uh, sort of the the origin Joker origin yeah. location. I did like the fact that they at least because like I was watching the race and being like, why is there nobody like I would there not be fourteen back Batmobiles, like 14 different Batmobiles. There was an Adam West Batmobile. There was just the 60s one, but I was like, I wanted to see the 89 guy or like yeah. the Tumblr running over something. Like just 
if you're going to do the one and you own the rights to everything because you're fucking Warner Brothers, so you can do it. Yeah. At least have the 89 one in there. Like that's as iconic, if not more so than that 60s one, especially now, like yeah. um, in 2018 or whatever. So. Yeah, no, they had so many good vehicles. They had, they had the 66 Batmobile. They had one of the Mad Max interceptors. They had yeah. a Mach 5 from Speed Racer. Yeah. They had the 18 van. Yeah. Yeah. I saw BA's uh, van in there. That was pretty cool. That made me, that gave me a little, like, nostalgia tinge at the very least so yeah yeah and then the, the akira bike and then uh, h's truck is the the bigfoot from the old like hot wheels bigfoot yeah isn't christine yeah. in there too like the stephen king from the stephen yeah. king thing yeah so that yeah. was cool yeah but uh but again that was one where like you know blink and you miss it kind of thing yeah. right like uh so many of those you had to really be looking out for kind of thing so uh any other easter eggs or anything like sort of hidden stuff that you guys really liked or sort of less less overt stuff there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And like I said, I think I need to watch it again because like, I was having a real hard time catching quick stuff. Yeah, that was my problem. I felt like I missed something every time I blinked. Yeah, yeah and like me too. The, the blur in the 3D wasn't helping me at all. I should go see it in like a flat, like a 2D IMAX or something like that, or just wait till it shows up and I can watch it on a fucking panel here. Um, so I'm not giving it any more money, but... <laughs> All right, well, let's move on then to just uh, sort of favorite, more like right in your face reference or sequence. Christy, for you, I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, and I think it might be mine too. Yeah, The Shining. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. Amazing. Because <laughs> it wasn't in the book, right? No, I don't know. Uh, there's, re- there's reference to it in that it is one of his favorite movies and stuff like that, but the the key getting and Jade, Jade key. Yeah. It's a completely, I I'm actually literally right at the spot where, cause in the book, Artemis gets the Jade key before spoilers guys gets the Jade key before Fire every school. Percival does or anybody else does. She gets it first. Like he gets the first key. She gets the second key first. No, she gets it. She gets the Jade key in does she? Okay. in the shining sequence. Okay, too. I can't yeah. Oh, that's right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry. yeah that happens in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm blanking on at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like that. Like I, I enjoyed the, the shining thing too. I thought it was pretty cool. And so that's a big reference too, for him because like for Spielberg specifically, cause he was like, he kind of was mentored by Kubrick back in the day. And I guess, yeah. The yes, Shining yeah. is like his favorite Kubrick movie. So Yeah, and it was a massive homage. Like and oh, they, just, they nailed the feel of that. Oh yeah, it was so beautifully detailed, yeah. like all those sequences. And like oh. the um when H gets caught up in the the blood, oh, man, like that was it, amazing. Like I, I either they recreated it perfectly or they just straight up pulled that shot out of the shining and like you know, just digitally added to with, it with CG, thing. they probably just rebuilt it. Like it would be really yeah. if you're a good rigger or like a good uh, 3d builder you're that's not a complicated but even the flow of the blood like looked exactly as i remember yeah, yeah, but you have the, the girls yeah, like the twins that was all yeah. i think that was all um, cg because it looked too they were shifting the yeah. camera too dynamically for it to be not cg you know yeah. what i mean and like obviously the characters in that scene are the avatars so they're all cg i think this yeah, movie yeah. i think my one of my problems with the movie is that it's 80 percent a cartoon i don't know what i mean like it, yeah yeah like everything just felt like a final fantasy cut scene so like i was like oh okay like it's just video game graphics is okay, I can kind of see that. <laughs> probably going to be the same thing. Like, I don't know why I'm complaining about it because, like, most of the fucking Marvel movies are pretty much that by the end too. But like, I don't know. Yeah, it just felt very disjointed. Well, this one you were more conscious of it because you know yeah. you're in a yeah. virtual world, right? So I just, it just felt like a huge so. disconnect to me. But whatever. Yeah. I also, I really loved that. The I know the dancing with the zombies and everything. It felt very Disney haunted house, haunted mansion. Yeah. mansion. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just because where it was like more like fun ghouls kind of thing rather than like zombies that are actually trying to yeah. consume your yes. flesh. Yeah, yeah, kind of had like yeah. a like a Beetlejuicey kind of vibe or something like that, which 
Yeah, yeah, more more of a Tim Burtonly like fun, spooky rather yeah. than like Stanley Kubrick horrifying shit. Horror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, part of that is that, um, and you know this, Tim the the haunted mansion was based a lot of it off The Shining. Was it? Is yeah. It? Oh, that's super cool. I didn't know that. Let's look it up. I don't think I've read that. Yeah, either. no, it's based off of some scenes. Like some of it is based off scenes in The Shining and the Kubrick horror, but it's also it's like based off the hotel. And there's another area that it's it's like takes inspiration from this oh uh it's the um that old house in the states that that woman just kept building and building and building and building and building yeah the uh there's a movie the about that coming Mansion. out the winchester oh. yeah the winchester yeah i thought you're talking about the homes like the hh H. holmes house or something like no, that. no 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 the winchester mansion hh H. Okay, yeah, yeah. H. H. holmes had the the murder castle in chicago yeah yeah you know the the Win- winchester mansion there's a movie coming out uh with i think who is it i think it's uh Fuck, why am I blanking on her name right now? Woman that's got all the goddamn Oscars. Meryl Streep? Yeah, I think Meryl Streep is playing... Mrs. Or Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Lady Winchester. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. It's Helen Mirren. Oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yes, so I just loved... I loved that sequence. And, I mean, you could say that there were other references that were, were good, but I thought that in particular was just such a well-done, like, even creepy but loving homage with his own spin on it, with Spielberg's own spin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so much more immersive than anything else they really did too. Cause yeah. like a lot of it was just like, you're in the, you're in the, like whatever you call it, the, in the Oasis, but like, Oh, Mecha, but I keep saying Mecha Godzilla. Cause I thought that was super cool, but like, Oh, Gundam's there, mm-hmm. but you're still in the Oasis. Whereas that's like, we yeah. recreated the environment totally separate and world. then included the characters too. Like it's complete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a completely separate like world to exist in. And mm-hmm. like the level, like mm-hmm. when they, especially they're walking through the lobby, I was like, Holy fuck. Did they just rebuild the yeah. entire set from scratch? And it's like, no, yes, yes, mm-hmm. but in a computer, probably. So whatever. But it was really cool. I don't that. know. Well, I mean that that hotel's still there, yeah. so in theory, they could potentially have gone back there and actually shot some. It's stuff possible. There. I just like it seems like given how much of this was obviously just built in whatever they're using now, Maya or Cinema 4D or whatever you're using to render this yeah. kind of stuff. Like I'm assuming they just built everything digitally because it's probably faster. I'm sure somebody out there somewhere has a really good like CAD model of the overlook that you can just like. Import and reskin really easily. So yeah, and it's not like J.J. Abrams where he's got like a big hard on for doing stuff in camera, yeah, uh, yeah. more as much as he can, kind of thing. Spielberg's always been pretty good for that, but this movie, I think, I would if I was directing this movie, I would have been like, yeah, I I want to do as much in camera as possible. Then read the script and be like, yeah, no, fuck that, just do it in my. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to figure any of this. No, no point. Yeah, exactly. Mark, how about you? What do you have a really favorite? sequence well pop, i've, pop culture I've said i've said fucking uh, mecha godzilla like 16 times i have a weird fondness for those <laughs> godzilla movies even though they're like really terrible there's just something about like the big monster fight kind of thing that i like so when he transformed mm-hmm. into mecha godzilla i was like that's pretty sweet the first time they showed the iron giant like where he was just building it i was like oh cool that's really nice that he's in there and then they use it in the fight and that, that kind of ruined it for me mm-hmm. there wasn't anything like overt to like it, that's the thing like none of my my franchises were like overtly like referenced in like um, except his star trek funeral but that wasn't even in the oasis yeah exactly like that that was the only real reference to that kind of stuff so it's like there were like there's a like a a little easter egg shout out to batman there's a little Mm -hmm. like they they didn't that was weird that they didn't have any transformers or maybe i just missed something yeah especially considering how involved spielberg has been in those uh, exact producers to this transformers movie so like yeah he's involved in that franchise like it comes out under amblin if i'm not mistaken at least the first one did and then I can't think of anything else. Like the shining was a big one just because I was like, Holy shit. They really like rebuilt that set. Like that was really cool. And I like that movie a lot too. So that was neat. 
but I can't think of anything else. Like seeing the Gundam transform or like, lo- like land cool. and like do was cool. Like I don't have a huge amount of affinity for that franchise, but like it was that fight was yeah. really cool. Like it was. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not really big into Gundam, but uh, that was done really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, not really. Not nothing like huge. It was like jumped out at me. Yeah. Yeah, the shining sequence was the biggest one mm. for me. It was just done so well, and they just they captured the feel of the overlook and like the garden and everything. Even and the woman, there were parts of it, like the old lady. I was yeah, like, the, it looks the exactly one. the same, right? Like I, I had to go watch. It. I downloaded it so I could watch it again because that's the only thing I came out of this movie. The movie wanting to do was watch the, watch shining. the shining and maybe finish the book <laughs> over the course of this week just to kind of close it out, kind of thing, and never look at mm. it again. <laughs> but. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, so I just wanted to finish off by sort of comparing Ready Player One to some of Spielberg's other works. So I'm just going to throw out some stuff. I want you guys to tell me whether you think that Ready Player One was uh, better, worse, or maybe like about the same. See, And if you haven't seen it, obviously, just leave it. AI, artificial intelligence, better or worse? Was, was Ready Player One better or worse? Worse. I think I liked Ready Player One better than AI. Yeah, I liked you're, it better. You're, you're a crazy person. You're a crazy person. Uh, the story wasn't <laughs> I, I as... Uh. Yeah, AI was just like long and kind of meandery for me. And yeah. I mean, yeah. it was visually nice, but but hadn't didn't have much uh, going on. Um, it was just over... Just Yeah, it was just really long and drawn out. Very weird. Minority Report. Ready Player One, better or worse? Better for me, better. just because I don't really remember a ton of Minority Report. <sighs> Oh man, that's yeah, better better for me. That's tough because like I like Minority Report. I'm gonna say worse just because like whatever. <laughs> Hook, 1991 Peter Pan reimagining uh, was Ready Player One better or worse? Worse, worse, but with yeah. caveats. <laughs> I I have a real soft spot in my heart oh. for Hook, so I'm gonna say that oh it was, it was hell worse. yeah, Hook's one of my favorites. I, I watched that movie a shitload of times. I have the opposite of a soft spot for that movie. I think somebody <laughs> wore it. I think I got, it got played around me too much, and I I can't. I I never whatever. It just didn't do anything. Yeah. So Close Encounters of the Third t- Third Kind, Ready Player One, better or worse? Absolutely worse. Absolutely you worse. Seen it? Christy. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I prefer Close Encounters. For That's sure. a fucking classic. So yeah, yeah, it's way worse. I wasn't gonna, you know, I could have gone like straight to like Jaws or something like that. Wow, no I mean, like we said, like, oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Uh, Ray Player One, better, or worse, worse, absolutely. Yeah, I'll say worse. Um, I will say worse. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ray Player One, better, or worse. Better. That's that's the level I think it play it's playing on for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't and like I want to say that I don't hate Crystal Skull. I think it's not a good movie, but I love Harrison Ford. So like yeah, his charm kind of carries me through it. Whatever. Like whatever charm you get out of the group of Harrison. I don't really want to be here. I don't really want to do this anymore. But fucking, they're paying me a lot of money. Yeah. So like I don't know. Like Crystal Skull gets bonus points for him and Karen Allen being in it. Yeah. And. Ready Player One's acting or like character, like actors, I didn't find anywhere near as watchable, even as a really grumpy and not wanting to be there, eighty year old hair support. So yeah, in that ballpark. All right, and uh, let's let's do like two more. Uh, War of the Worlds. Uh, Ready Player One, better or worse? <sighs> They're both fucking dumpster fires. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like War of the Worlds. I found it kind of blah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. Cool. I would so say Ready, Ready, Ready Player, Player One, one better. One. Yeah, Ready Player One better for me too, and. Uh, uh, Adventures of Tintin. I did not see Adventures of Tintin. I fell asleep halfway through it. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> based on that, this might be better than that. But actually, I don't. I don't like Tintin though. Like that's a that's a franchise that I have literally no affection or even interest towards at yeah. all. So, 
yeah, this is probably better than that for me, like, like by degrees, like not. (laughs) Yeah, that it's, it's right around there for me too. I, but I liked Tintin because I did grow up reading those books. So yeah, I read them. I just never cared about them. Yeah. Yeah. My parents bought me, uh, bought me a bunch of those Tintin books when I was growing up. So I've read a lot, read those all a lot of times. So yeah, I mean, for me, if I'm looking at like the overall Spielberg scale, I would say that uh, Ready Player One is like, a little bit above Crystal Skull, like above Tintin, but like below Hook, somewhere in that okay. in that in that sphere yeah. for me. It's definitely in that tier of Spielberg movies that I forget about, <laughs> uh, or will be probably like like a War of the Worlds, where like it happened and like whatever, I don't care, and like, I'm never going to watch it again, and I, yeah. it did nothing for me really. So I put whatever. it I put it like second quartile of his works. Like it's not up in that top tier, but it's not like in his bottom like fifty percent of movies. Okay, I put him in his bottom like ten percent probably. Oof rough so yeah <laughs> right, he's got some good shit in there but like i mean if you're just looking at directing stuff like i was super disappointed by the direction on this movie considering what i know he's capable of like he is a spectacularly good spellbinding fucking filmmaker and this was like so pedestrian which i mean is probably the script but it's still <laughs> like I, I expect more from him so fair enough all right well let's let's put it in a number then before we head out your overall rating out of 10 for ready player one christy um I'd say a seven, seven point five. Yeah, a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that I was going to be uh, lower than you, Christy, but I'm I'm right around the same. I'm probably like a seven and a half. I think out of ten. I was pretty happy with it overall. The gripes I had were like maybe I had a couple moderate gripes, but no major gripes. All right, Mark. Ah, uh, two. Oh, rough. This I fucking did not like this movie at all. So <laughs> I had a real a bunch of real problems with it, and they didn't. If they had hit my franchise is a little harder in bigger ways. Maybe my nostalgia like might've washed a little bit of it away, mm-hmm. but they didn't really. So I was just kind of like, I don't really care about any of these references. And like this script is making me want to die. And the acting's not helping anything at all with very few exceptions. Like I really thought Artemis was pretty good. And I thought H was good. Everybody else. I was like, Meh, whatever. And like, I fucking hated the lead. So <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's the worst rating any of us has given to uh, a movie or something that we've watched before. To say. There you go. There, there's a record for for you, there, listeners. I'm glad it was me who got to have the record for being most negative. So <laughs> that's good. That feels right somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let us finish off. Thanks everybody for listening, and let us know what you thought about Ready Player One. Uh, sort of maybe where you thought that it fell within Spielberg's movies. Your ratings your favorite uh, easter eggs in this movie that was all about easter eggs uh yeah, you can do so <laughs> you can do so on facebook which is kind of where we're most active which is uh, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast you can send us email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com if you are not already a subscriber you can do so at shout engine or stitcher or the google play store or apple podcasts or almost anywhere that you get your podcasts from and uh yeah thank you for listening and say good night mark have a good night guys and good night christy good afternoon night everyone yeah whatever it is when you're listening to this and i don't have i don't have a good out god damn it what's something I'm that's a good reference <laughs> yeah exactly or the bye everybody That's it. That's all I had. (laughs) Ready player two.